Good morning or late evening. It's just around 1.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time in the proud state of Utah on Friday, January the 21st, 2022. Yes, it's 2022 in the time of Bo Blimtock. There are people who are readying their sclumbics. There are hobos gathering the sheep. There are Amish making their chairs. There are Mennonites milking the cattle somewhere in Indiana. Somewhere in Ohio, not far from where they grow the meth. It is Friday, January the 21st, if you can believe it. Friday, January the 21st, 2022. Yeah, it's Friday, January the 21st, 2022. And we're all walking and wandering and looking and wassailing and promenading and perambulating and making our way down the Devil's Highway. Making our way down the Devil's Road. There are signs along the way. They say things like, care for your neighbor. But someone says you can sell your house for 1.5 mil. There are signs along the way that say, don't steal, don't rape. But there's oil in that country, buddy. And why do we have those fucking guns? On the Devil's Road, there are many signs. There are signs that say, Do not lie to your neighbor. Do not lie to your brothers. Do not lie to your community. Do not lie in such a way that you force millions of people to commit suicide, to not get their cancer treated, to have heart attacks, to overdose on drugs. Do not lie is on a sign on the devil's road. 
But it's so much easier to cover up your bullshit with lies, isn't it, Mr. and Mrs. America? You can cover up all your bullshit with lies. I have a habit these days of turning off my phone. And and so, Dan, how can you do such a thing? You know something? A little over 150 years ago, having a thing called a telephone would have seemed absurd. And even after it was invented, even after it was available in the early 20th century, not everybody had a fucking phone. And and you had to have some resources and be someplace where it mattered to have a phone. And lots of places didn't have electricity and they didn't have phones. They might have a Western Union office, one horse ride away, one day's horse ride away, where they can ride their horse and send out a telegram. And I suppose that was tweeting or texting back in the day. Sending a telegram, hey grandma... The new horse died. Hey, sister, your nephew is gone. Hey, brother, they're coming for you. It's because of the gold. It's because of the hookers you left dead. Yeah, back in the day, you could send a telegram. You could send a telegram to your lover and say, I love you, baby. Would you like to ride a horse? No, I don't mean equine. I mean, yeah. I mean that morphine drug. The one that they got in Chinatown. Would you like to ride a horse? Come to San Francisco, baby. We'll party like it's 1899. Yes, we'll party like it's 1899. Do you want to ride the horse, baby? Back in the day, you'd send a telegram. I will tell you that I I look at my emails, even though I've had several accounts destroyed in recent weeks by GoDaddy, for reasons of thievery and scumbaggery, like I said, we're on the devil's road. You know, if you need me to translate the sign that says, don't steal, don't rape, I'm telling you, buddy, I'm telling you, pal, it's more than just having a basement full of food. Yes, that will help. Knowing how to purify water will help. Knowing first aid and having a first aid kit will help. There are many things that will help you survive what's about to happen. But please learn to read the fucking signs. You could live like a scumbag in the city. You could hide behind laws and lawyers and cops. Some of you sociopaths, that's how you existed. The rules are changing. And it won't be about Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever stupid waste of fucking time is consuming people today. It will be about, do you care for and are you concerned for your neighbor? 
Do you care for and are you concerned for the people you live with? Are you going to live in some make-believe castle with a giant basement full of food? Or are you going to recognize the reality that you kind of need to give a shit about the people around you? And this isn't about communism. If you think this is about commie bullshit, you should stop fucking listening because you probably vote, which means you are definitely a fucking commie. Oh, I vote. I'm like, yeah, you are a good voter, Gami. I mean, your vote doesn't count. That's kind of a separate issue. The fact that your vote is irrelevant. But what is more interesting is that's how you want to solve problems. Well, brothers and sisters, if you think you're going to vote your way a solution to what's about to happen, you will probably end up extinct. There ain't going to be no vote. Okay? If the sign says don't steal from your from your neighbor, if the sign says don't rape your neighbor, if the sign says do not abuse your children, but instead treat them with the respect and the obligation you have as a parent, if the sign says you better know how to get food, like find it, and it and I don't mean the grocery store. If you have to grow it, if you have to hunt it, the sign says get ready. But there isn't going to be a sign from the government. They're not going to send out a PSA. They'll do what Puget Sound Energy did back in 2018. They'll make cute little claymation commercials about blackouts. They did. They had all these little PSAs for Puget Sound Energy. PSAs for PSE. And all of them were these claymation condo. Oh, the electricity's out. But my mobile device just let me know. So everything's okay. And listen, buddy, if the electricity's out only for a few hours, if the trucks keep arriving, if there's food on the trucks, you get to go back to normal. It's a norm normally scheduled television. Don't worry about it. But here's the thing. If that blackout lasts long enough, your phone will run out of juice, the local networks will fail, and no amount of praying will cause your smart device to puke up food. And that includes you and your little Fluffy. All right? I'm going to tell you something that's going to sound crazy. And this is still connected to the, I turn off my phone these days. Because here's the deal, folks. I would rather talk to you tomorrow. I would. Okay? I've been wanting to understand how I can explain this to you. Whoever you are. But if you pick up the phone to call me these days, it's more important that we talk tomorrow. Okay, there are many things you should be doing today. Probably calling me is not one of them. But I'll call you back tomorrow. And I'll be in a better state of mind, probably, maybe. At least I'll be able to mentally prepare myself to have a conversation that doesn't deal with reality. And I can even pretend, like, I, I you know what? I was looking at the news, and I, I do use that in, a, in an ironic way. But I was looking at the news, and they were talking about this actor that had some type of controversy involving semen. How interesting. Yeah. Whatever the stupid garbage of the day is, the garbage du jour that people talk about in order to make it through the day... In order for me to have a conversation with you on the phone, I have to brush up on that. I have to pretend I give a fuck. The reality is, I am happy to be alive. 
I'll also be happy when we get to the next part of this journey because currently it's getting stupid and boring. The endless vaccine, virus, Trump, trauma, drama, Putin, Ukraine, Chinese hypersonic missile bullshit. The endless bullshit only intended to fuck you in the head. That's it. Only intended to screw with you. And we don't know still why. I don't know. You don't know. I have suspicions, but that's all that I have. Okay? We are surrounded by fools and sheepdogs. The fools take real things and make them seem stupid. Greta, Al. The sheepdogs make it seem like you're getting close to the truth, but they make sure you never get there by nipping at your legs. And I've found a few, a few sheepdogs in the recent months. There are people on YouTube who seem to magically get lots of followers even after they've been banned several times. They get all their followers back, hundreds of thousands of magical followers that always follow them to new accounts. I've met some sheepdogs, and their purpose is simple. They keep you under control. You're out there wandering about. You want to go find the truth. No, no, no. They'll give you a little bit of truth, but it, it won't be the truth. It'll just be enough to keep you occupied. You know? Q, the Q phenomenon. Q was a sheepdog. Q gave people a little bit of truth. There was a little bit of truth in Q. There's always a little bit of truth. Listen, okay? You know, when you have that time with your favorite hooker, there's always love there, but there's always a little bit of crabs too. And and with with the CIA and the government, it's it's worse. You get a lot of crabs and very little love, very little truth. Um, I'd rather talk to you tomorrow about whatever bullshit's on my head today, because what's on my head right now is the reality that no amount of turning off the TV or not answering the phone is going to change this. That for people who are sensitive to their world, and I don't know how to explain what that means because I don't want to sound spooky or weird, but to people who have an intuition about life around them and don't need a phone or a TV or a radio to tell them what time it is, for people like that, all your alarms, if they're not going off, probably will soon, and life could be, even if you're in the middle of fucking nowhere, like if you lived in a cave in, a, in Antarctica, the noise will be deafening, if you know what I mean. If, if, if you got a third eye, the light will be blinding, if you know what I mean. And that's not too far down the road. So, no, I'd rather talk to everybody tomorrow, really. But the current phase we're in is just plain stupid. Anyways. Next topic, you know, here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. I hear God. I don't often listen. Dr. Freckles. Now, of course, the whole hearing, listening trope is well-trod territory by quoters and quotists and famous people who want to say shit that will be quoted. <sighs> I hear God, I don't often listen. I'm saying this to you because this is about me. Like, I've had a hard time praying the last year. Um, I tried to act as a minister in 2020 to other Christians over the internet, 
And what I came to realize is that it's difficult to impossible in an environment like this to establish a church because people, their trust level is very low. Even for the people you think, even for the people I mock, the people I mock, the voters, yeah, 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 they'll still vote, but their trust level, that the basic reptilian part of their brain that's telling them whether or not something is, is kind of bad news, people's trust level's not there right now, okay? Um, and to join a church, unless you're joining a cult, you need to have trust, so... And I don't know if I will do any more ministry over the internet because I just truly don't know what the fuck the internet will be a year from now. And I'm sorry if you believe the Fukuyama, you know, fucking Ray Kurzweil, we've reached the, the pinnacle and we're going to stay here, we'll coast. If you believe that, you why would you listen to my podcast? You see, I, I'm not a Luddite. I, I'm not opposed to technology. But I don't look at technology as some sort of free lunch. And a lot of people do. Whether it's the crypto people, or the post-scarcity people, or the Keynesians, or the communists, they look at technology and say, hey, that's a free lunch right there. The, 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 the owners of the means of production, they're fuckheads. If we simply took control of the means of production, it'll all be okay. Yeah, that's how it turns out, Mr. and Mrs. Karl Marx. But actually, it turns out that factories are complicated things. And they just didn't happen in the 18th and 19th century. There was a kind of medieval renaissance in the 12th and 13th century. Um, there was a period of time, because of innovations like the CAM, C-A-M, the CAM, Believe it or not, the CAM is an innovation, and it changed the world. It was one of these tools that allowed you to take rotational motion and easily translate it into reciprocating motion. And because of that, there's a lot of things you could do with those windmills and those water, you know, water wheels. There was more you could do. So the factory, you say, well, Dan, the factory came out of the modern age. No, factories were concepts that existed probably throughout history. It's just that in the modern age, we got better at doing it. And then we did something else. We came across newer ways to use energy. And that did kick, that did kick things off. I mean, the, the, the world of the petroleum, petroleum or hydrocarbon economy, the hydrocarbon economy, whether it's coal or oil or, or natural gas, the economy of the hydrocarbon was like pouring dynamite on human civilization. So I, I'm going off on a tangent. I'm not opposed to technology. I don't know what the internet will be a year from now. I can hear God. I can hear God. I can hear the thunder in the distance. I don't mean the eruption of that volcano um, near Tonga. It's sad if, and it's horrible. If you have the resources and you want to help, you can go ahead. All I'll say is this. I think that a volcano in the figurative sense is coming to a theater near you. So you can help. But you can also recognize that bad shit happens. And if you don't have the resources to help, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. 
probably you should just try to, you know, be prepared for your own personal fucking volcano. The commies will tell you. It's simple. Um, It's simple and it's not. Like, for example, it's probably feasible to use nuclear power in a safe way. But that doesn't mean that the government crony nuclear industry does that, okay? I'm telling you, in a free market, in all likelihood, if we'd ever used nuclear power, we wouldn't have used it the way we've used it. The way we've used it has been mostly about nuclear weapons, building breeder-style reactors, and these reactors, some of which are the boiling water kind, in the United States, uh, you know, uh, up and down the East Coast, built at sea level, hmm, these reactors are dangerous. And and they're not ever going to not be dangerous. The communists will tell you it doesn't matter because the people can just run the machine. What I'm telling you, there's a history there. There are people that worked hard. Some people made money, some people lost money. But ultimately, the factory, that nuclear reactor, the technology you use, the, the piano keyboard, even the electronic one, is something that people worked on for centuries. And it wasn't because of communism or some type of other bullshit. They loved what they were doing. They wanted to share what they love. Guess what? When it comes to intelligent social creatures, we often want to share what we love. That's not bad. Especially if we all get smarter. So I'm all over the place, right? But am I? There are signs on the Devil's Road. We are on the Devil's Road. You you may not have wanted to get into that station wagon, that Brady Bunch style station wagon with the flip over back, you know, the pop up seats in the back, the bungalow seats for the kids. You may not have wanted to get into that fucking station wagon, but you did. And maybe it was because you were born here. It doesn't matter. You were born in the time you were born in. And the station wagon could be the whole fucking planet at this point. And there were signs along the road that your parents saw and my parents saw. And I'm not blaming them. They made the best choices they could. I mean, it's one of those things you have to say to yourself. What does it mean to destroy? Well, it's complicated. What does it mean to be a beaver? If you, were, if you were in nature someplace and a beaver could talk or you could speak beaver and you saw a beaver wandering off towards a valley someplace and you said to that beaver, what are you about to do? And the beaver says, my one fucking job and it's what I'm good at. And you said, okay, beaver, but you love this fucking valley. And you sit on the edge of that hill like Jonah, looking down at that valley that you love. And the valley becomes a lake. And you say to the beaver later on with his beaver family, what the fuck did you do? That was a beautiful valley. And I say to you, sir, I'm a fucking beaver. I did the one fucking thing I know how to do. Here's the thing about living on the Death Star. Here's the thing about the military industrial complex and the healthcare industrial complex and the entire crony economy. It does not know how to do anything else. 
If you expect it to become something different, you're living in a fantasy world. And unlike the beaver, it does nothing at all that you could call remotely productive. It would go to the valley and it would simply dig a giant hole and dump poison in it. That's what the government beaver does. At least the fucking beaver replaces one little ecosystem with another. Still kind of cruel historically. There were little creatures in the valley, right? And now they're all drowned. And living out some sort of naturalistic version of, I don't know, deliverance. <laughs> Burt Reynolds. God. I do. I have faith in God. Um, I don't know if the Bible is... I, I was about to say, I don't know if the Bible is 100% true. Here's the deal. The Bible is a book that was edited by thousands of people over thousands of years. And there are versions of the Bible, some of which you can find the Dead Sea Scrolls, if you believe what you're told, some of which you can find in like the Vulgate Bibles, the early Latin Bibles, the one or two that are still preserved from the 5th or 6th century, possibly. And we can talk about the Council of Nicaea and how, how the Bible was edited. And it wasn't edited by democracy. It was a bunch of white people, white men, basically. Perhaps not all white, but probably mostly men. And they edited the Bible. So before we get into the whole, I don't know what's true or what's not, what I am telling you is the word of God is true, but the word of man is flawed. And that is why it takes a little bit of discernment to figure out the truth of the Bible. If you pick it up and read it like it's going to tell you how to live your life, huh? You know what? Go get yourself a robot lover and, and, and move to Vegas, baby. Randall Flagg will be there soon. <laughs> yes, Randall Flagg will be in Vegas soon. And other people will move to what? Colorado Springs or Colorado with Mother Abigail. You know, there, there are snakes in the cornfield. There are snakes in the cornfield. Come to Colorado. Bring your hooker wife. There are snakes in the cornfield. I am Mother Abigail. I call you in your dreams. Come to Colorado, baby. There are snakes in the cornfield. I am certain that there have been people throughout history that God has spoken to fairly directly. And I'm also certain there are people that God would speak to today. But again, to hearken back to a little bit of Foucault, because of the way we see mental illness and schizophrenia and alternative mental states and consciousness, because, we, because of how we perceive the brain, we take something like someone who has a vision 
and we put them into a psychological box and then we give them a drug and say here's a drug this is for treating visions if you speak to God here's a drug you take this and God won't be talking to you and you might end up a stripper and you might end up a hooker and you might move to Vegas with Randall Flagg but at least you won't have those voices in your head any longer I hear God I do just like a lot of you guys probably do too and if you're not Christian and if you're not religious that's okay too but think of this in sort of natural terms there are I think events so big that one day if we understand the physics of the universe better than we do today one day we may understand how this works but I do think there are events events in history so big that the the waves, the ripples, the impact of them can be felt before they happen. It's like, it's like a pre-glow, not an afterglow. And it sounds weird and it sounds impossible, and maybe it is. But I do think it explains spooky phenomena in nature. And it explains the fact that for all the extinctions, if, you're, if we want to take the natural perspective, for all the major extinctions and minor extinctions, you know, I think five or six were number six major extinctions, and hundreds of minor ones for all those radical impacts upon life on earth that have happened um life still you know life still keeps going and you could say well dan that's just natural selection maybe it is and maybe it's natural selection but maybe natural selection is selecting for something that is also useful and that is avoiding being destroyed and when it comes to the unknown, like asteroids and volcanic eruptions, that's not shit you can generally know about, especially if you're a caveman or a cavewoman or a cave rat or a cave bear, or even if you're a clan of cave bears, you know? I mean, Daryl Hannah could be your cave bear priestess. It ain't gonna help you when that volcano goes off. Daryl Hannah is not gonna help you and her magical cooch. Yes, Daryl Hannah's not gonna help you. So yeah, I, I hear God. But am I listening? Am I listening? Am I understanding the signs along the side of the road? Am I reading them? I, I see this sign when we go to Vernal. And the sign says, more people die of COVID-19 than the vaccination. And it's like, but wait a minute, dude. I mean, I don't think the COVID is remotely real. I think a lot of people die by going to hospitals. So why don't you put on the fucking billboard or whatever that prior to 2020 hundreds of thousands of Americans were killed by hospitals killed by negligence killed by preventable things but you wouldn't do that because people might not go to the fucking hospitals right not unless they have to which is what it was like in the olden days by the way you didn't go to the hospital for any old thing. And guess what? In a lot of cases, you were probably better off for that. But we'll never fucking know. We won't. 
You know, they, they tell you about the fact that they can cure a cancer. But what a lot of people won't tell you is that your body will kill a tumor too. And sometimes your body will let a tumor grow, and sometimes your body will kill it later, but it will still kill it. Okay, your body is complicated, your immune system is complicated. But they don't want you to believe that. They want you to believe it's really fucking simple. Tumor, surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, here's your bill. Yeah. There are many signs along the road, you know. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't rape and and ravage your neighbors. Don't treat your neighbors in a way that you would not want to be treated. There are signs and symbols. There are languages of the mind and the spirit. And there is, in fact, a message in the Bible. And it's a two-part message. And maybe I'm oversimplifying. Part A. Throughout history, people have been shit. Now, what they love to do throughout history these shitheads, is they love to look at the shit they've created and say, well, you know what I can do? I can blame God. You can. You can blame God. I mean, I, a lot of these shitheads will succeed or achieve something great, and then they'll say, but I did it, and I did it by myself. And that's always about them. But when something bad happens, clearly it had to be God. The good stuff is because you're so fucking cool and beautiful and successful. The good stuff is because you got into the housing market early and you know how to flip and you, you're following a buy and hold strategy and dollar cost averaging. That's why you're doing so well. But when something bad happens, clearly it's fucking God. It's God, right? It's not the chemical plant that turned the river into a wasteland. It's not the fucking shitheads with their fucking, you can have plastic and throw it away too, turning the ocean into a plastic ocean of decaying gumbus. It's not that at all. It's not the city dwellers basically taking a lot of estuaries around the world throughout fucking history, going back thousands of years, and turning those estuaries, those places, into giant fucking toilets. It was God that did it. Right? See, the one thing the beaver has going for it, well, probably a bunch of shit, but one thing I would testify, other than the fact that there ain't no beaver government, is that the beaver probably doesn't have the mind or the waste of time to have such fucking delusions of bullshit to blame a god or any god for anything. The beaver did it. If the beaver built a bad dam and that dam basically gets tossed down the mountainside with the family inside, all of them dead, the beaver doesn't have anyone to blame but the fucking beaver. That's it. I hear God. I don't always listen. I don't think I'm alone. I can hear God right now. I can hear God saying, wise up, be stronger. And on some days, I am stronger. And on a lot of days, I'm weak as fuck. And it's not because I have to be. It's because I chose to be. I had a project I was working on, I've mentioned. And I wasn't able to, to get any traction. I, I was pretty honest about it with the person paying me. But I don't think that helps. I think I was always hoping that if I signal to the person I'm pretty fucking depressed and 
I'll help you, you know, get this to somebody else. But I couldn't. And it's like the mutual delusion is a thing too. We we all practice a mutual delusion. And perhaps that project could have been successful, but it's the world we're in right now. It's not the one we want to magically pretend exists. It's the one we have. So I got a friend who tells me a month ago, he says, dude, I wish I had something I could do the following with. And it's X. And I'm being ambiguous because I don't want to talk about what X is. And so for several weeks, I've been working on X. And if it's done soon to where he can use it and others can use it, I will let you all know what X is. Currently, it's just a thing. Um, it's not hidden. I'm also not talking about it. But it's under construction and it doesn't work yet. And the reason why I'm doing it is because it at least has a feature to it that is interesting to me. And that is, it is connected to the practical reality that people will have to deal with best case scenario. Like best case scenario, if what we're looking at is one of those events that happens every few hundred years, but it doesn't destroy the world and, and the world isn't destroyed, blah, 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 and people do move on. And yeah, you suffer a setback, but you end up moving on. You 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 have to relearn things that you've forgotten because again, the system didn't want you to be smart enough to survive, you know? The message has been learned helplessness and dependence, but not dependence upon your neighbors, God forbid, and not dependence upon your family or friends, oh my, oh my, oh my. No, dependence upon a government. But the government was a sham. And you're about to find that out big time, baby. So what I would say would be profitable to all of us before I move on to the next topic, because I beat this one to death, is that yes, indeed, it's good to hear God, because at least on some level, you're acknowledging that God is there. But it is even better to listen. And I think that the Lord in heaven, I believe Jesus Christ, has left us many, many signs along the road. Do we always see them? No. And when we see them, do we always read them? No. And when we read them, do we always understand? No. But maybe one of these signs will be the one that, you know, frankly, saves your life. And on a deeper level, if you're a Christian, saves your soul. Next topic. So when I was a kid, and just full disclosure, uh, my parents had eight kids, six daughters, two two sons, and one of my sisters is in heaven, so five of the sisters are still alive. Um, and believe me, every holiday is a pleasure for me and my brother. But when I was a kid, my mom was raising these eight kids in some kind of Irish Irish Catholic kind of way. Um, every once in a while, I would find her upstairs in the kitchen, just at the table, and and it looks like she's going to go someplace. And like, and actually, she does. She has her coat on and she has her keys, and she's going to head for the door. And I say, "Mom, where are you going?" And I'm like ten or eleven, maybe twelve. But I'm a little smart ass. I say, Mom, where are you going? 
In fact, I think I may have done this at the old house, the house on Highway 20. I might have been six or seven years old. And I'd say, Mom, where are you going? And she'd say, I'm going crazy. Do you want to come along? And at the time, because I'd learned early that sassing your parents doesn't have positive outcomes, at the time, I kept my lips shut and I said, no, that's okay, Mom. You, you can go crazy and, and I'll come along for a different trip. But, but I think back, I think what I really wanted to say is, yes, Mom, yes. Let's go get some firecrackers off of the reservation. We'll take them to the nunnery and yeah, teach those nuns a fucking lesson. Let's go get bottle rockets. Mom, let's get bottle rockets. We'll take them down to the truck stop. We'll fire bottle rockets at the truckers as they're gassing up, you know, their Peterbilt. My mom would say, I'm going crazy. I'm going to go crazy. You want to come along? And I think when I was a kid, I, sh- I should have said yes. You know, maybe, maybe I would have gotten yelled at. Probably I would have. But maybe mom would have said, okay, let's go to McDonald's and get that Happy Meal. And you know what? Back in the 1970s, I'd say the, the Happy Meal was still pretty happy. You know? I don't even know if that was when the Happy Meal came into existence. But those cheeseburgers still tasted like some type of animal. And the food at McDonald's still tasted like food. My mom's in heaven. She's been there for a bit. Been there since 2010. Um, she was a breast cancer survivor. And I say that ironically because I've known a lot of breast cancer survivors in recent years that were killed by the cancer that came later. And yeah, 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 but Dan, they didn't know about BRCA2, blah, 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 SNP, blah, blah, blah single nucleotide polymorphism, blah. Maybe, maybe. But a lot of it looks like bullshit to me when it comes to hospitals and, and the healthcare system. So you just take your own fucking risks. Don't, don't hook us into it. And mom, up there in heaven, although you're at peace with, with dad and Nancy and others, but mom, up there in heaven, if you want to go crazy, I know this guy who went real crazy. He hung out with fishermen. He hung out down by the bay. He got drunk with the fishermen. He'd hang out with, yeah, the tax collector. He'd hang out with the centurion. He was so crazy. If you went to a party with this dude and you said, listen, bro, listen, pal, we ran out of wine. And he'd say, that's fine. Yes, I knew this guy once. If he went to a party, he was so frickin' crazy. If you ran out of wine, he'd turn water into whiskey wine. <laughs> 
So mom, if you're up in heaven and you, you need to go on a trip to crazy land, well, I know a guy up there with you who he'll, he'll, he will be your bus driver. <laughs> but my guess is you don't go crazy up there in heaven. Maybe heaven isn't that, you know, crazy making, right? Next topic. Another quote from Dr. Freckles, not knowing. Okay, so here's a quote from Dr. Freckles on the topic of not knowing. It's not FOMO, it's the funk because fink. Dr. Freckles, what the fuck does that mean, Dr. Freckles? Well, funk, okay, FOMO is fear of missing out, right? Funk is fear of not knowing. And you say, well, Dan, what the fuck does that mean? Well, I think it's the reality. It, it is the funk that leads to FOMO. I mean, FOMO is the belief that you can, in fact, engage with reality, you know, like a lemming or some type of monkey with very short attention span, and just be focused on all the shiny shit. Believe me, there are trout in every stream they get suckered by a lure, and that's FOMO. FOMO is the trout that needs to bite the fucking lure. You know, the lure on the line and the fisherman on the other end of the line. So yeah, fear of missing out is a thing. But if you ask me, the thing that creates the FOMO is the real thing, and it's the thing we should confront, and that's the fear of not knowing. Okay? FOMO is kind of like thinking, well, I'll just place a chip on every color on the board, every single color will get a chip I can't possibly lose. And of course, reality doesn't work that way, and neither does the casino. But there are people who believe that I can just constantly react to this thing I think is reality, when in fact it's a manufactured reality. I mean, when it comes to the Potemkin reality of our system it is 100% bullshit but it is exciting bullshit and it's sexy bullshit and it's got the smartest psychologists creating the, the most boobly bustiness to pitch you every scam you can fucking imagine you have the fear of missing out you're going to miss out on the housing boom miss out on the dot com miss, on, miss out on the apple and the facebook and the google stocks Miss out, miss out, miss out. But here's the other thing, too. There are other things you missed out on. Okay? You missed out on the other side of the coin. They don't tell you that when they push FOMO. But they know it works because what you really are being driven by is this inherent fear. It is built into consciousness. It is built into awareness. You know the world is out there, but you don't know enough. Got these dogs here, this place I'm renting a room from. By the way, if you want to donate, I got to pay rent this month. You can donate as much or as little as you want to. There'll be a link. You should take care of your food, water, shelter first. Take care of your family. Take care of the people you love. Take care of your fucking pets. And if you have any money left over after doing the things you need to do and you want to do, you can donate. But there are dogs here. And there's this really cool dog. We call him Boomer. He's a beautiful Sharpay. He, he's a, you know, he's a mutt. He's not 100% pure Sharpay, but man, the Sharpay he's got is pretty sharp. 
and he's not a perfect dog, but he's a cool dog. And you know, I've been walking him the last couple of days. We go to this field, this alfalfa field. And because it's winter time, all the stalks are broken down. It's basically a an, an open brown, kind of brown grass field where the grass is not growing pretty much. And But today the sun was kind of out, and so it kind of felt fun to walk across the field. But Boomer gets to the middle of the field and he starts looking around, like, you know, every direction. You see, Boomer has enough consciousness to know that he's someplace. He also knows he doesn't know where he is. He's further beyond the perimeter. He's okay with his, you know, he's got his pee perimeter. He's got his perimeter he walks. He urinates every 20 feet, and he's safe in that safe space. But you take him off the beaten track, beyond the range of what he knows, and he's got to check things out. And, he, and he's okay going up into the woods, you know. I don't think he likes the cold so much, but the thing is, up in the woods, I, I think he can sense that on some level, a lot of that space is empty, at least empty of him, or dogs like him, maybe. But when he's out in that field, maybe he senses there are dogs in the distance, but he can't see them, and he can't hide from them. The key point is, Boomer has enough consciousness to be aware of the world, but he will never know enough to know enough. He'll never have enough information. His awareness will always be limited by his knowledge. And you could say, well, we're humans and we have books and we have the internet and we have, you know, trusted knowledge experts like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes, we have knowledgeable experts who tell us the field is fine. There are no worms. Go ahead and eat that dead rabbit. Eat that dead bird. You won't get worms, Boomer. Yeah, Boomer loves to eat whatever random shit he finds. And I'm thinking that's just a general dog thing. Because the other dogs I walk here, they're the same way. Oh, separate topic, different day. What a dog will eat. And, and then certainly just deal with it. It's almost like, and they're very zen about it. Yeah, I'll vomit it up. And you know what? I may come back to that vomit, Dan, you fuck. Because I'm a dog and that's how we roll. It's not the fear of missing out that is the root cause of FOMO. FOMO is really a side effect. Humans have lots of knowledge and lots of books. We have universities filled with people that think they know what's going on. But you're never going to know enough. There's always going to be that trail, always going to be that dark room. There's always going to be a closet, an attic, a basement. There's always going to be a hole, a cave. There's always going to be something you haven't seen. And when you step into that world, you're going to have hesitation. And at the same time, excitement. You know, it's it's part of what makes life so wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's scary to go across the field to not know if there are dogs on the other side that will bark at you. It's scary to go someplace new. But at the same time, it's kind of fucking exciting. One of the things to keep in mind about what I call the great discontinuity, the time we're living in, 
If you go to my podcast archives and search for Great Discontinuity or just Discontinuity from 2019, you'll find it. But one of the great things about the Great Discontinuity, the time we're living in where history is boiling, is that it's true. A lot of messed up things can happen, dangerous things, things that could ruin your life. But it's also true that a lot of potentially amazing fucking shit could happen. And it doesn't have to be all bad. What we're looking at is history becoming unstuck. And maybe it wasn't as much stuck for 150 years. Is that it was at a a certain trajectory, heading in a certain direction. And some people might have liked that direction, and some people might have hated it. But at this point, it's irrelevant. History is becoming unstuck again. Not only was Francis Fukuyama wrong, if he's still alive, man, you're just a, yeah, you're mucho, mucho dumbass wrong. History's not ended, buddy. You could even argue that history has just begun again. And yeah, it's scary because there's shit we're going to see that's going to be weird and monstrous. We're going to see people do fucked up crap. Um, but they've always done fucked up crap. And we're going to see magical shit and dark shit. We're going to see the best and the worst. And every once in a while, we'll be surprised. Uh, To be blunt, I think shitbirds are going to stay shitbirds after day zero. Okay? I I don't see people going through a lot of conversions. You know, are there Sauls that become, you know, Paul on the road to Damascus? Yeah, there are estopes out there and that happens. But a lot of people who are scum prior to what's coming are going to be as bad or worse afterwards. And the only thing that's going to benefit any of us is that there won't be any cops, like I said, or lawyers, or politicians that they can hide behind. They won't be able to hide behind a George Soros psyop. They won't be able to play pretend in a mask. They will be unmasked for who they are. That's that's good news. But it's still scary, because some people are going to find out that their best friend, their neighbor, their brother, their sister, their whoever they might be, People are going to find out how really shitty some of the people they know are. And they're also going to find out how really amazing some of the people they know are. And this will also happen. When I told people in 2019 about the great discontinuity, and I said it was pretty much here, no, I didn't know it was going to involve the monkey herpes, but in my own defense, I did say they might try to do some type of fucking monkey virus I just didn't see them doing it in the smartest way possible, which is with no monkey virus. It's pretty much more brilliant than any bioweapon because people are that, at this point, that fuckable. You can fuck with them that easy. You know, the public schools have done their job. The public schools have done their job. If there is one message from the last few years of the monkey herpes and the race war and all the other garbage is that the public schools succeeded in producing people incapable of rational thought. Good job. Because that's what they were supposed to do. You need good little workers to go to Subway. You don't need to ask if there's tuna in the sandwich. 
You need good workers to go to the factory. Don't, yeah, don't worry about that poisonous metal. Just don't ask any questions, you fuck. Just don't ask any questions. Just don't ask any fucking questions, buddy. Don't ask any questions. Next topic, because we beat that one to death to a pulp, didn't we? Here's another quote from Dr. Freckles. Don't pretend to own the wind. Dr. Freckles. Don't pretend to own the wind. Yeah, don't pretend to own the wind. What does that mean? Well, for a Christian, it can mean many things. But for a typical, rational human being in the world, it means the following. It is true that you could be a surfer and you could surf the waves. And there might be a surfer like a Patrick Swayze, point break, really good, great surfer, capable of surfing the biggest waves in history. But the reality is this. Most people are not Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze is in fact dead. And the reality is there are waves that nobody can probably surf without probably dying. Um, and if they could try, if they could do it, they would need a lot of resources to help them from dying. The fact is there are some waves that big. There are some storms that bad. You might be a sailor. You might have a, a sailing boat, a keel boat, a 28-footer. You got a foresail and a mainsail. Maybe you got your Genoa up and your mainsail side by side, wing on wing, right? Going downwind. And you might have maxed out haul speed, which for you might be 18 miles an hour, which in a sailboat in heavy wind can be quite exciting, believe it or not. You're at 18 miles per hour, maybe 15, but the point is you've got to come about. All that power, all that wind, going downwind was great. Now you have to come about and go back into the wind. I've done that maneuver. I've done it successfully, and I once did it in such a way that I probably, one of the things that led to my divorce, but uh, here's the thing about that sailboat. It'll turn on a fucking dime, and, and it'll stay afloat. That is not the risk you run of fucking up coming about from going downwind, going into the wind. The thing you fuck up is possibly throwing you and your wife out of the fucking boat. That sailboat will keep on cruising downwind or upwind. It'll go whatever direction you set it in, and those winds, you know, those sails will take power and, and drive power, and that boat will go. But you'll be in the Puget Sound slowly dying of hyperthermia. Now, of course, if you're a smart sailor, you rope yourself into the boat, and you should. You know, we didn't. And we also didn't get thrown out. We just got thrown around. The long and the short of it, right, is don't pretend to own the wind, but don't pretend to control things you don't. 
if you actually examine the things in your life, your life, my life, that you actually have control over, it's not a very big number. And I'll go further. I've said in the past, as Dr. Freckles have said, has said in the past, as Dr. Freckles has often opined, power is a sweaty stick of dynamite. And so even people that think they have power over things they shouldn't, they don't really have the power they think they have. You know? I mean, in a lot of ways, their power is like a boiler. And, and you just can't, if you just run the boiler all the time, you're going to run out of energy to make steam. You have to run it strategically. But the boiler itself could explode if you fuck it up. And that's the thing. Power is not what people think it is. But most of us, typical normal people who are not sociopaths, are perfectly happy having power over our own fucking lives. And that is plenty of work by itself. I don't need to have power over your life or the lives of others. I have plenty of work to do on my own. And most of the people I've met, same category. Don't pretend to own the wind. Don't pretend to control the wind. Don't pretend to have power over the world in ways that no person other than Jesus when he walked the earth, no entity other than God has. And if you don't believe in God or Jesus, then nobody, nobody has that power. Nobody. Not you, not the person down the street that thinks they're a witch, not Ray Kurzweil or Elon Musk not the president. None of these people have the power to control the wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might be doing some fucked up shit in the sky. And I don't really want to talk about that. I really don't. Because it is beyond the scope of anything I can control right now. But in the sky, with all their spraying, is written their hubris. Nobody owns the wind. Nobody owns the storm. Yeah, 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 for a time, there can be fucking creatures that come along really fucked in the head that might want to, like, put the storm into a cage. But if you think the storm, or the wind, or life on Earth will become more tame by putting it into a cage, you really haven't met that bitch. Next topic, last topic, I think. You know, I've been trying not to watch the news for the same reason I've been turning off my phone. Um, I think we're at the phase where, like, and I think I've said this, we're at the point now, and we've been here for about a year, but it's really at the point now where the level of crazy and denial and anger and bargaining is going to go through the fucking roof. And I don't just mean, you know, random neighbors yelling at you. That's going to happen. But it's going to get worse. Um, the thing about being lied to on the scale that humans are being lied to 
best case, they're being lied about the collapse of an empire. Worst case, it's something so fucking bad that they would mind fuck and manipulate billions of people for two fucking years. But whatever the fuck it is, they are lying to you. And you may think the lies don't have consequences, but they do. I was on Zero Hedge, and, um, you know, they got those advertisements that show up on Zero Hedge. They got to make money, right? Somebody sticks a cookie in your browser. Like some website sticks a cookie in your browser. Yeah, some fucking website sticks a cookie into your browser. And then you go to Zero Hedge and another website reads it. And so they put an advertisement up because they think you're into something. You don't know what it is. And the advertisement is meet the love of your life. The world's most exclusive matchmaking and dating club. Well, okay. Exclusive, just so we get past that issue. Exclusive is a rich person's way of saying expensive. Yeah. And here's the thing. Being rich and having wealth that you've earned is something to be proud of. But the reality is most of these fuckers, yeah, they're just douchebags on the Death Star just like you. And they just happen to get the better fry cook job. And so their money isn't really that legit. And so they, they can't say it's expensive because they're not proud of their money. They'll say it's exclusive. Meet the love of your life, the world's most exclusive matchmaking and dating club, the SEI club. And I don't even care what that stands for. Maybe it's Sexual Enter Energy International Club. But if I was going to have a, a really fancy dating club, like for fancy people, I wouldn't call it that bullshit. And I wouldn't have all these fucking pictures of people in tuxedos taking women to fancy restaurants. What kind of shit is that, really? The name of my dating club would be the Volcano Yacht Sex Club, VYSC. The Volcano Yacht Sex Club. For volcano yacht enthusiasts who want to have sex. And they have the money for a yacht that you could have sex on and visit a vol fucking volcano going off. Somewhere between Tonga and Fukushima. Somewhere near the garbage patch. The great garbage patch in the sea. There's the Volcano Yacht Sex Club. Can you imagine having volcano-style, yacht-style sex? I can imagine being with Scarlett Johansson on a Chris Craft constellation, baby. 50-footer, somewhere in the Pacific. She's covered in sex wax. She's covered in greases. I'm covered in cocaine. And that's enough.
Yes, if I was going to have an exclusive, mean expensive matchmaking service, I would call it the Volcano Yacht Sex Club. For people who have yachts, who can afford to see volcanoes going off, and to have sex while doing so. Yeah, they're being chased by mongrels. Yeah, they're being chased by bandits. Yeah, the cannibal freaks. In Sector 2, they smell... They smell the THC boiling off of your rich body. They smell the coconut oil getting your flesh ready for the barbecue, baby. Yeah, the Volcano Yacht Sex Club. We have exclusive ports in Colombia and Lebanon. We'll take you to Afghanistan and Iraq. We'll take you to Iran. We'll take you to Russia on the Volcano Yacht Sex Tour. I don't know why. If I go to Zero Hedge, I get these advertisements. All my shit fits into five boxes. And that's not because I'm a world traveler. That's because all my shit fits into a couple boxes. Um, my big exciting thing right now is to put a, a little, you know, a little fucking, yeah. A little fucking, like, four-horse motor, a little, I don't know. Put a little motor on my trike. A little Briggs and Stratton. You know? Put a little Briggs and Stratton on my trike. That's the big exciting project for the future. To have my adult tricycle have a lawnmower motor on it so I can truck down the road at 15 miles an hour to go to the local Maverick, a.k.a. Chevron, a.k.a. Gas and Sip, a.k.a. whatever place you get your food for your special diet. Remember, it has to come from a gas station. It has to come out of a can for you to be on my diet plan. The Volcano Yacht Sex Club. And you can say, well, Dan, that sounds like some type of scheme to make money. You know what? It would be a scheme to make money off of people that have a bungload of money and no good idea what to do with it. You know, they might have, like, funded some terrorists. They might have polluted a river. They might have given your grandma cancer with that money. But instead, they gave it to the Volcano Yacht Sex Club because they want to find love.
at the Volcano Yacht Sex Club, you'll be promised a busty woman. You'll be promised a sexy hungus man covered in muscles and greases. at the Volcano Yacht Sex Club. Can you imagine sipping your martini on your brand new fancy fucking yacht? Right next to you is your sexy style girlfriend. Right next to you is your handsome style man. You're sipping your fucking martini as the ocean is boiling with methane, as the ships are sinking to the bottom, as your world is turning to poop. What do you do? Join the Volcano Yacht Sex Club. And find somebody to love. At the Volcano Yacht Sex Club. at the Volcano Yacht Sex Club. Get your cocaine 50% off. Have yourself a cocaine baby in Bimini. Or maybe in Hawaii. Have your cocaine baby there. (laughs) 